The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus told his disciples a parable about the necessity for them to pray always without becoming weary. He said, there was a judge in a certain town who neither feared God nor respected any human being. And a widow in that town used to come to him and say, render a decision for me against my adversary. For a long time, the judge was unwilling, but eventually he thought, while it is true that I neither fear God nor respect any human being, because this widow keeps bothering me, I shall deliver a just decision for her, lest she finally come and strike me. The Lord said, as he continued his parable, pay attention to what the dishonest judge says. Will not God then secure the rights of his chosen ones who call out to him day and night? Will he be slow to answer them? I tell you, he will see to it that justice is done for them speedily. But when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? The Gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Prayer. Got a few directions and descriptions of prayer today. I, I love Timothy's letter. It's from attributed to St. Paul to Timothy. And it was a letter. A letter that eventually becomes scripture. I love this quote in that letter. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful for teaching, refutation, correction, training of righteousness, etc., etc. But when he wrote that, he did not know that his letter would become scripture. A little background. How scripture became scripture were a few elements. We're talking early, early in the church's history, around 300s. And the church comes together and realizes we're no longer 12 disciples in the Holy Land. We've spread, and word is spread throughout the world about Jesus because of the ministry that he assigned to us, preaching. So the church starts growing. And you know what happens when an organization grows. It needs order. It needs some sort of structure. And indeed it did. So many people wrote about Jesus to one another. There were many what we call gospels about Jesus, some of which we call now um, apocrypha, which means they could have been written by someone associated with Jesus or his followers. But they're historical documents, but they're not scriptural. They're not canonized. Canonized really means that they were put into a book, the official book. So around 325, by the time the Council of Nicaea met, the church decides, under the leadership of the apostles and the bishops, successors of the apostles, we should organize all the writings we have. So they, they scooted around, and they had some criteria one criteria had to be it had to be associated with someone who was alive at the time of Jesus or one of his followers. Okay, that's pretty clear. 
It had to be something that is used, don't forget the world, the, the church spread throughout the world, the Mediterranean world at that point. It has to be something that's used in all the churches. And it has to be something that we can authenticate as Christian gospel scripture faith. And there were a few other uh, stipulations. So with that in mind, by the fourth century, we got our Bible as we know it, the, the New Testament. We got it all put together. So when Timothy is writing this, that all scripture is holy and should be used, he didn't know his letter would become part of scripture because it was authentic. It was written, attributed to Paul, to Timothy, like a personal letter, encouraging Timothy to, to be a good leader because he was probably like a bishop at that point. So they kept it. So when the bishops of the church decided what's going to go into the Bible, what's going to go into the canon that we call the New Testament, they chose that. Okay, but that's not the focus of the scripture necessarily today. Prayer is. And when the Amalekites, okay, first again, a little bit of background. The Jews, the Israelites under Moses, left Egypt and they're going to their promised land. They eventually will be in what we call the Holy Land. But in the meantime, they had a lot of ups and downs. Now, the scripture could have been written for the people of Moses' time, but I think because it's the living word of God, it's so always applicable to us. They're going on a journey, and the whole, the whole gospel of Luke is Jesus on a journey to Jerusalem. But here, Israel, the people of Israel, are going on a journey to the promised land, and they get their ups and downs. You heard that they, they lacked water for a while, they had lacked food for a while, they, they had nothing to eat, and they were complaining to Moses, Moses complains to God, and God gives them miracles. But this is one of the down days in which a group of nomadic tribes, Amalekites, are attacking them because they're on their land. So the Jews have to fight. Now this is not an encouragement to fight, but it used to be a very important encouragement for the just war theory, which meant you defend yourself. You take care of your own. You don't pursue the enemy beyond what reason it is to pursue him. You, you, you don't annihilate the enemy because of a small infraction. Justice. It's weird, but we as Christians had that just war theory in our theology based on scripture like this. So God is with us, and sometimes we're going to come against people who don't like us, and this is 21st century. There are a lot of people who don't like us. They don't like your values, they don't like your name, they don't like Christian, they don't like Jesus, they don't like the saints, they don't like the church, and the list goes on and on. So nothing new for us. But this is Moses' time. This is like 1200 BC. So Moses decides, he says to Aaron, go Joshua, go down and fight them. Get the sword and beat the hell out of them. Okay? So, and Moses is watching like this. And then Moses realized the Jews are losing. So he goes, God, help them. He prays. And while he's praying, he noticed that his people are winning the battle. 
Now, I want to use that today in reference to not only a physical battle of war, but the battle that we fight every day against life, against sickness, against prejudice, against greed, against poverty. That's something that goes on every day. So Moses raises his hands, and they're winning. Moses gets tired, and his hands go down, and they start losing. It's almost like a comedy. I could see this done as, as cartoon figures. He goes up, they win. They go down, he, they're losing. So two of Moses' apostles lift his hands up. Hey, if this is the trick, if this is how we're going to win, I'm holding your hands up. And indeed, now forget the holding of the hands. 